Welcome back to TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Scott Mitchell is going to join us at around 1220. Toronto Blue Jays reporter will get his thoughts on all things Asuna, on Donaldson. It was a lousy night last night. Jays lose 10 to 1. A reminder that Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. So we also have, and, uh, if we can play it again, the Phil Kessel. This is from the Sound Wars. And the reason we're playing this is it's part of our poll question. Uh, you can go to TSN 1050, click on Sound Wars, and you can vote. And one of them is, of course, Phil Kessel sounding completely lazy and disinterested in doing the Star Wars promo. And it sounded like this. The Force is strong with the Penguins. Join us and fight the dark side when we battle the Islanders on December 7th during our special Star Wars theme night. Buy tickets you must. Visit PittsburghPenguins.com. May the force be with you. Which got us into the question of... Buy tickets you must. Because he hates doing it. He hates speaking. Who would be the worst option to MC your wedding? Phil Kessel or Gary Bettman? You can vote at TSN 1050 Radio. Right now, Gary Bettman, a commanding 70% lead over Phil Kessel. To the 30% of you, shame on you. A little bit later in the show, we'll go back to this. We'll read some of your responses. And we're going to uh, speculate of just what a Gary Bettman emceed wedding would sound like. I don't think it would sound very good. The other question, also a really simple one. Are you happy, and some people didn't even like the use of the word happy in this question, are you happy that the Blue Jays have traded Roberto Osuna? And I want you to go to mcause56, that's my Twitter handle, at mcause56, vote, and more importantly, I want your explanations, I want to hear, I want to hear all sides to this. Uh, 63% of people right now are saying yes, and that's not a shock. I think the 37% are people that just, you know, are, are, are fall into two camps. And I hate to generalize. I apologize, but I'm going to. Uh, it's either one just hardcore baseball fan that feels you could have got more. And then the other group that says, we need to wait. And innocents are proven guilty. And listener John Marshall tweets into the show, Osuna has not been found guilty of anything. Can't we wait for the court to render their decision? And the court goes back, uh, he goes back into court, Roberto Asuna, his lawyers do, tomorrow. Asuna has never admitted to a wrongdoing. His lawyer told reporters in July that Asuna plans to plead not guilty to the assault charges that were levied against him by police back on May 8th. And it is, it's, it's a legitimate question. And it's something we do in the media. And oftentimes... You know, we rush to judgment way too quickly. Not just in sports, but in life. You know, uh, anything happens in the news, and suddenly everyone has their narrative that they're trying to push out there. So I get that. I get, you know, wait, let's see what happens. And then Jeff Passens, who is a great, uh, Passens, excuse me, great writer, baseball writer for Yahoo, you know, wrote in and said, he wrote a column 
Title and trading for Roberto Osuna, the Houston Astros show they have no conscience. So you know immediately Jeff's opinion here. Talks about how the MLB, the uh, suspension, the third longest in nearly three years of its domestic violence policy, supports the idea that even without the case's facts being public, the severity of the incident disturbed the league. And I think that's right there why so many of us, including myself, are glad that Osuna is gone. Because you don't do 75 games willy-nilly. And Buster Olney talked about how so many teams passed, how so many teams passed on Osuna. Let's have a listen to that. I can tell you flat out that a number of other teams had looked at this and they decided to pass, and the Astros didn't. And they have ceded the high ground uh, no matter what happens moving forward. All right, so let's try to keep emotion and morality out of this for a moment and just go by pure facts. Fact, Osuna is 23 years old. He's under control. He's not that expensive. Fact, he has been fantastic since day one. We saw him as a 20-year-old go into Yankee Stadium and shut down New York in in late summer as the Jays were fighting for a playoff spot. That is incredibly valuable. Teams crave that sort of player. You see it in the postseason. You need as much bullpen help as you can. Now, bullpens, it's easier to put together a great bullpen than it is, say, find a number one pitcher or a guy that'll get you 35 home runs and 115 RBI. Um, But at the same point, you need it. You're going to need guys that can go seven, that can go uh, seventh inning, eighth, ninth. We've seen the stats about what starters do and what their statistics are after they've gone through a, a lineup a couple times. But if all these other teams are avoiding such a prized commodity, what does that tell you about Osuna? Now, it doesn't give any 100% proof, but at the very least, you have to consider the idea that other teams are doing their research. And that Major League Baseball obviously did theirs when they handed out this 75-game suspension as part of their domestic abuse policy. And if I go to the Houston Astros on their Twitter account, you know, I'm seeing uh, so much disappointment. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Patty writes in, a season ticket holder, I watch every game, I'm disappointed. Second chances are great. But men who beat women don't often change their characters. Very disappointed. Uh, Another woman writes in, This female fan feels betrayed. Championships should not come at a price like this. And there's more and more of it. You just go up and down. So the balance is, is tackling this issue from that angle and also tackling with it from the how much information do we have? What is actually out there? Should we be able to wait? The most important thing is, is this is the best deal the Jays have ever done. Flat out. Flat out, this is the best move they've done. They've moved on from this situation. And the cynic, which is a legitimate one, will ask, what if the Jays were one game out? I think they're, I think, 85 games out of a wild card spot. i got to check. Maybe Scott Ferguson can look that up for us. He's doing the next update. I think it's 85 games out. If they were one game out, 
do the Jays trade Osuna or do they keep him? It's another debate that's out there. Let's hear from uh, Tim Kirkson. And Kirkson talked about the optics. And Tim Kirkson, if you don't know, one of the best writers, one of the nicest men in this business from ESPN, late last night looking at the optics of this deal. They can't like the optics of this deal. Um, and I don't know how anyone can really like the optics of this. Um, when a domestic dispute is is front first and foremost here, that that's very tricky stuff to begin with. And I think we still have to wait until the entire legal case is finalized. We have to see where things are on August the 5th, and then we go from there. But this has to make a bunch of, bunch of people uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable talking about this because I don't know all the facts of this, but clearly the Astros have done, they have to have done their research on this to make sure they're getting somebody who's going to be able to pitch for them um, when his time is up. Uh, with his suspension, but this is uh, very tricky stuff. And here's Buster Olney from this morning talking about the deal that the Jays got back from, or the players they got back from the Houston Astros. Yeah, and in recent days, I've heard from folks with other teams who got the sense that the Blue Jays just weren't—they were going to move him one way or the other. Um, in fact, what I heard from other teams last night was they, they thought that uh, the return for them, the the quality of the return for the Blue Jays, was surprising given the fact that they had very little leverage. That there were a lot of teams that were saying, "We're not touching this guy. We're not interested," and that left the Blue Jays in a you know in a difficult negotiating position. But they get Ken Giles and they get two other pitchers, and that was better than I think a lot of other teams expected. And from what I've read, the two pitching prospects, Hector Perez and David Polino, um, you know, these are good prospects. These are not your elite, but these are guys with promise. And that's all you want from the Jays. You know, I think we're all sick and tired of seeing 34-year-old dude on the mound or in the field. You just want to see young guys. Who's out there that could actually, you know, contribute three, four years down the road? Um, the other debate, of course, the trade deadline today at 4 o'clock is could there be a deal done for Marcus Stroman? That's the last one. That is the last real piece. If Granderson gets dealt, whoever he gets dealt for, I'm gonna. Here's my hot take: You will never see that individual uh, be a part of a winning team here in Toronto. Okay, that's my hot take because for Granderson, you're really not getting much back for him. He's uh, an extra bat, maybe for the Yankees. You know, Aaron uh, Aaron Judge injury, great character guy. Everyone loves Curtis Granderson. Uh, but here's Buster only talking about um, what about the only real valuable piece left that maybe the Jays would consider trading 27-year-old Marcus Stroman. I don't think they're going to trade Marcus Stroman, but he's an interesting guy to me today because the San Diego Padres are out in the marketplace right now looking for a young start, youngish starting pitcher who can anchor their rotation as they try to transition into winning. Uh, they, they feel like they need leadership. And there are only a small handful of, of pitchers who would fit that description. They've been talking with the Tampa Bay Rays about Chris Archer. If they can't make a deal there, I do wonder if they're of the mindset of, you know what, even if it costs a sticker price plus 20%, we want to do that. And I, I wonder, given, given the fact that the Blue Jays know that they're not going to win the American League East next year, they have to make that internal assessment, maybe today is the day where they get overwhelmed by the, the Padres with an offer. I think that's, that's a wild card in today's action. 
Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be absolutely wild if that did happen. Um, Don't really expect very much today from the trade deadline. Manny Machado traded a while ago to the Dodgers. That was the big news. The Osuna one, obviously, is big news from both baseball and from a morality standpoint. And now you're hearing the news that the Washington Nationals know they are not going to trade um, Bryce Harper. And we heard from everyone, heck, Buster Olney, we're not going to play it for you because now it's at a, it, it doesn't work anymore. He said, yep, well, look for Harper to get traded. You know, look for the, the uber-talented, but, you know, slumping center fielder to get moved. And nope, Rizzo and the Nationals says there's no deal. So there are really no big, sexy names. It's not going to happen. It's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline. That's my prediction. And by the way, that's not a hot take. That's just stating the obvious. Chris Archer is the big name that's out there. Uh, I need to give a shout-out to one of the listeners. Andy Peel writes into our alternate question, our non-Roberto Osuna conversation. And you can go and vote at TSN 1050 Radio. Who would be the worst option to MC your wedding? Would it be Phil Kessel or would it be Gary Bettman? Andy Pell writes in Kawhi Leonard. That is a good answer. Kawhi Leonard would be a horrible MC. I mean, the only actually no, the only good thing, and I'll throw this to uh, to you guys behind the glass, is at the very least Kawhi would keep it moving. It wouldn't be long speeches because the man doesn't talk, so he wouldn't be droning on and on. But yeah, it's a good one. Kawhi would be moody. He wouldn't say much. He wouldn't make you laugh. The entire time he'd be bitching and complaining, and he'd want to have to move on to other weddings. He'd want to be, you know, one at the other hall, you know, or that small outdoor wedding. He wouldn't want to stay at yours. So you can vote Phil or Gary. And the reason we did this is because of the sound wars. Here's Phil Kessel giving zero effort giving zero effort for the Star Wars promo that was part of the Pittsburgh Penguins that they did last year. And so you get the players dress up like Han Solo, like Luke Skywalker. And hey, like, come on, kids, come out to the game. It's Star Wars night. All right, George Lucas, it's fun. You're going you're gonna to fight the Empire. There's Darth Vader. Oh, there's, there, there's the Death Star. Okay, Phil, give us some excitement. Give us some fun. Promote Star Wars night. The force is strong with the Penguins. Join us and fight the dark side when we battle the Islanders on December 7th during our special Star Wars theme night. Buy tickets you must. Visit PittsburghPenguins.com. May the force be with you. (laughs) Islanders. Hey, I'm not going to make fun of anyone for screwing up a name. Of course, I haven't screwed up one yet today. I'm on a streak here, baby. Although, Uh, mm -hmm. you refuse to say Steve's last name. When you go to him, producer Steve, well S- Stevie E, exactly. He's Greek. There it is. Yeah, I, I knew it. it. <laughs> yeah, sure you did. Steve, how about that? Way off. Okay. Well, say it again. Eliopius. Oh, damn it! I just made it worse. <laughs> Close. <laughs> You're just missing an L at the end. I like the, I like the sound of Joe laughing in the background at this. Just heaven. That's why I like our next guest, Scott Mitchell. Easy first, easy last. But, by the way, producer Joe. Yes. I, the reason I don't say Steve's last name, which I normally always nail, as you know, is because I, I like to do technical producer Steve. I feel that's enough syllables. I don't want to, you know, be wasting any more time. 
So, okay, maybe I thought the reason why you weren't doing it, because every now and then you like call me Joe Narsa, but maybe it's because it's a more condensed name yeah. than Steve Eliopoulos. Yeah, Eliopoulos is a difficult name. Yeah. Eliopoulos. It sounds like Boom. something you go to visit when you go to Greece. Yeah, uh, I went to go see the Eliopoulos today. Ooh, but the problem is the lineup at the Eliopoulos was oh my massive. God. So many stairs, oh. but the Euros in front of that place, fantastic. Yeah, but I, every Euro place is the same at the Eliopoulos. And the bathroom was a <laughs> mess. And by the way, if, if you didn't buy a ticket, they wouldn't let you use the bathroom at the Eliopoulos. That's it. We need to get a build. We need to find a building in Greece and rename it. Love it. It's been a while. I was, uh, I was in Greece years ago. By the way... To all the Greek people, good for you um, in terms of your intelligence for figuring out that language. Because I look at all the letters, and one of the letters is like a backwards triangle. What sound is that? I, can, I, I was so lost when I was in Athens. Um, so yeah, go vote. Phil Kessel or Gary Bettman, who would be the worst option to MC your wedding? Do you guys have any other suggestions or thoughts about what a Gary Bettman emceed wedding would look like? I would be interested to see what happens when, like, he announces the, like, the marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, what if there's a trade or something? Yeah. Or what if an ex-girlfriend's there? You know, like, Jim has decided not to bring his girlfriend here, but she's shown up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the wife gets mad. I, it, it could be interesting if a trade happens or... I think also that, uh, you know, that Gary the whole time, A, he would be... He would be just droning on and on, wouldn't let anyone talk. And also, I think he'd be rude. Like the little interplay, I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, can I finish? Can I, you know, stop interrupting? I think there'd be some lying going on from him. Uh, he probably would He would complain about the food. Uh, also, I think, ooh, you know, he would start eating before everyone at the table has been served. I expect that to happen from Gary. Um, and also, he would ignore certain issues, like they're doing with CTE and concussions. They're like, no, it's not going to rain. I know it's an outdoor way. We don't need we don't need any umbrellas. We're fine. It's fine out here. There's no empty tables. The attendance is max over capacity, although seven cousins didn't show up from out of town. I'd like to thank everyone who came here. And there's the we're in full capacity. Uh Gary, the tables four through seven. No one's there. Yes, they are. They're just out. It's working. These tables are working in the south and in the western part of the hall. It's still full. Everyone loves the wedding. No, no one's here, Gary. He definitely only emcees non-traditional weddings mm. because he's all about the non-traditional hockey market. So he's like about it. non-traditional wedding venues, yeah. like getting married in a cemetery or like anywhere that could be an awkward place to put a wedding, like, like a it. desert for a hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, if, if we're going down that, he will not do a wedding in Canada. No, because the the wedding related revenue yeah. is not enough. Yeah, it, yeah, he wouldn't do it. But in Florida, Florida wedding, he is there. And if you're getting married anywhere in the Glendale area, he will go on and on how this is a beautiful spot for a wedding. He'll get a Toronto wedding company to pay for it <laughs> in Arizona to keep that wedding going. Yeah. We can, I mean, basically, all we're doing now is just making fun of Gary Bettman. Right? I mean, that's that's kind of all we're, we're doing at this point in the show. Uh, Toronto Argos Soul Man writes in, what's the difference between a backwards triangle and a regular one? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. You're kind of right there. You kind of, kind of called me out. Listen, uh, we're in sports media. We're not here for the math. I mean, I can... Uh, 
You know, I can tell you average yards per carry. If you give me carries and the number of yards, I can uh, I can knock that out. But uh, beyond that, not very good. Um, coming up next, Scott Mitchell is going to join us, TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter. Obviously, we're all over the Osuna situation traded to the Houston Astros, the health of Josh Donaldson, and the expectations. Will there be any deals of interest whatsoever for trade deadline, which, of course, is at 4 o'clock today. I guess a triangle when you spin it around. I'm not very smart. That's all coming up next. Buy tickets, you must. Welcome back, everyone. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. A uh, a difficult show in some respects, not because of the content, there's plenty of it, but what the content represents. Roberto Osuna being traded away from the Toronto Blue Jays to the Houston Astros. And this move is not a baseball move at all. This is a morality move. This is the Toronto Blue Jays wanting to distance themselves from being able to have to answer this very simple question. Do we want Roberto Osuna to pitch for us? Do we want a guy that is as talented as him, that has contributed so much in three years, but has the domestic abuse case lingering, going back to court tomorrow? And they said, no, we don't want any part of it. On the other side, the Houston Astros said, yep, we're going to take a chance. We've done all this due diligence. We believe that you know he's, adjust- he's readjusting himself, that he's doing whatever he can to make himself a better person and to rehabilitate, and he's coming off the 75-game suspension, so he has paid his debt to society. Now, of course, there still could be more. The shoe could still drop. There's about 100 different issues for this. We're joined now by Scott Mitchell uh, for our TSN 1050 Blue Jays reporter. Scott, thanks for joining the show. No problem. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, a day like this, it's so much content. There's the baseball side and there's the morality side. We'll start with, uh, you know what, we'll start with the baseball side. Just, uh, I don't know how much you know about, uh, I mean, Ken Giles is a name I think a lot of people are familiar with, the closer who was demoted, has been fighting with management, has been banished to some, you know, banished away from the Astros, and was bad in the playoffs last year. Uh, but then the two prospects, Hector Perez and David Polino. Do you know anything, uh, how much do you know about the prospects coming to Toronto? Well, yeah, I mean, David Paulino, first of all, is a, is a guy who was, uh, you know, a top 50 prospect last year, you know, and by most accounts. And when you look at, at what he brings, uh, you know, he's got a big fastball, potentially a reliever in the long run. He's uh, still a starter currently, but, you know, it's a guy who comes with a, a little bit of baggage as well. This, this deal is, uh, you know, clearly, um, you know, my problems for, for your problems in a way. And, you know, Paulino had a 80 game suspension for PEDs last year. He's had a shoulder issue this year. So, you know, he, he comes with some uh, some red flags as well. And then when you look at Hector Perez, he's really probably the cleanest um, prospect in this uh, in this uh, deal, the, the cleanest asset, because this is a guy who is uh, heading to double-A now. He's a, a 22-year-old with a, with a big fastball and, you know, a ceiling that, uh, you know, you can dream on, um, you know, the, how pitching prospects uh, pan out. Uh, is anybody's guess at, at the best of times, but when you look at this guy, there is that upside that you can say, "Hey, this could be a piece that's uh, you know pitching near the top of our rotation in a couple of years if everything turns out well." Joined by Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050 uh, Blue Jays reporter, was this a good deal for the Blue Jays? Um, and this is about baseball, and this is about morality. 
Uh, short answer to both is, is yes. I mean, first of all, I, w- I was surprised that the, that the Blue Jays were able to, to pull this much value out of the, the deal. Um, you know, considering the, the circumstances surrounding everything with the trade deadline today, the court date tomorrow, uh, you know, the, the looming deadline on, on Sunday, um, you know, you can call it a deadline in a way because, you know, you have to decide by then if you couldn't trade him, um, you know, if you're Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, what do you do? You Do you want to put him on the mound? And, you know, there's uh, reports leaking out that, uh, you know, they decided once this happened that they didn't want him back pitching for them at all. And, you know, whether you believe that or not, um, if they weren't able to make this trade, uh, they probably would have had no other choice. And, you know, once you get into extreme measures at that point, if you really don't want him pitching for you, um, you know, there was a, a non-zero chance that, you know, they would have had to release him and get nothing. So to get a, a guy who has been a proven closer, uh, who in my mind has a, has a ton of upside just because when you look at the underlying numbers, uh, he's pitched much better than his ERA suggests. And when you're on a, a team like the Houston Astros, uh, your blowups are magnified because that's a team with World Series aspirations once again. And, and like we saw last year in the playoffs, um, when you uh, when you suffer uh, you know major major problems on that stage, um, you're, you're going to get a lot of attention. So, but when you do dig down into the numbers, he's been a very good reliever and. Um, you know, I pointed out in, in my column today, if he pitches well, you know, to, to the end of this year and for the, for the first few months of next year, you could potentially flip him at the trade deadline next year into even more. So, um, you know, from baseball side, the baseball trade perspective, I, I thought they did very well. And from, a, uh, you know, the, the, the other standpoint, um, you know, I don't I, I think you had to trade him. I, I don't think you could welcome him back. I think there was too much. Uh, you know, too much, uh, too much at stake with the fan base and, and where, uh, you know, this front office sits and how much goodwill they have. And, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, thought when, when this all came down that we, we may have seen Roberto pitch his last, uh, throw his last pitch for the Toronto Blue Jays. And, uh, you know, that came to fruition yesterday. And then the other side is the blowback that's going to happen for Houston. And I was, I was thinking about Jeff Lunau, the, the president, the general manager of the Houston Astros. And my conclusion of why he did this deal was the addiction to winning trumps all. Because Lunau, and for people who don't know, he comes from a very non-traditional background. He's got multiple Bachelor of Science degrees, degrees in economics and engineering. He's got an MBA. He's worked as an engineer and management consultant you know, in technology. This is not the sort of guy that comes from the baseball lifer, do whatever it takes to win um, so I was sh- I'm shocked that Houston did this deal because a they won the World Series and their general manager comes from a very different perspective than your traditional baseball person. I, I'm very surprised, um, you know, at the timing of it. I, I think when you look at where the Astros are, um, it, it's definitely about winning. I mean, this is a, about a chase for another ring and you know upgrading one of the few uh, you know glaring holes on that roster, which was you know the closer spot and. Um, yeah, that's what it is. But when you have uh, a, a team that's that good and when you have a team that, uh, you know, has already won, um, you know, I, I think you can take those gambles a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I think Luno obviously thinks that, uh, you know, this is going to be something that, you know, he's going to be able to get through from a PR standpoint. And, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the first little while is, is going to be tough. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he's received in that clubhouse. Uh, you know, Justin Verlander. 
when you when you look at the video of his reaction to the trade, and, and you know he's made some very pointed comments in the past about yeah. uh, you know domestic violence and, and things like that of, of having a zero tolerance policy for it. So uh, you know it's going to be a very interesting situation. But you know I, I think when you look at it. Uh, there's going to be a, an initial period of, of, you know, that's going to be tough at the beginning. But unfortunately, uh, you know, these things tend to tend to go away, especially when a guy gets on a mound and, and starts pitching. Um, Unless a you video. Know, particularly well. And it's not interrupting. And, you, and you're right. We Listen, we all know the narrative of this. Uh, there is, there's charges, but the evidence isn't out there for the public. Uh, often cases, it goes away. And then, you know, the player, they get booed. There's think long think pieces written about shame on this team and morality, blah, blah, blah. But then it goes away. A new controversy starts. And then Osuna, if he pitches well, everything gets forgotten, a la, you know, with Chapman. But if a video comes out or if they're, you know, the court case is going on, if he is found guilty of anything or if more evidence comes out, this could all easily blow back in the face of the Houston Astros. Well, that's why the timing is so interesting to me. I, I didn't think they'd be able to deal him without, uh, you know, some sort of resolution in, in the court case. And, and you know, I, I really thought, you know, 29 other teams in baseball would say, hey, let the Blue Jays take the hit, put him back on the mound, and then we'll trade for him, uh, you know, maybe in the winter. I, I really just didn't think with the timing that they would be able to get a deal done like this. And, and yeah, the Houston Astros are, are taking on, uh, you know, a lot of risk in a, in a number of ways. And, uh, if something changes in that court case, um, you know, it, it could be, you know, potentially seriously damaging to that organization for taking this risk. But uh, when you when you look at it, I, I think, uh, you know, the Blue Jays were willing to move on pretty quickly. And you would think you would suspect that they know um, at least a few of the details. Uh, you know, I would hope the Astros did their due diligence. I, I would really hope that this isn't a case where, you know, they just picked up the phone two days ago and said, hey, what do you want for Osuna? I, I, I would just, I would suspect that they, you know, looked into this over a, you know, significant period of time, a few weeks, and, and really uh, kind of dug down into the case to, to figure out some of the details and whether this is a guy they'd want to take a risk on. And, you know, in the end, it, it obviously was. Before we get into Josh Donaldson, one final question on this, and it's a little bit more for, uh, about you, Scott, is you know, you're the reporter for the Jays, uh, not for the Jays, but you're your reporter for us, all things baseball. How difficult is it for you to report or talk about this? Because on the one side, we don't have the facts, and we're supposed to live in a society where innocent until proven guilty. Then there's the other side where usually... When there's an allegation, usually the, 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 the man is actually guilty of something. And 75-game suspension by MLB, they don't do that willy-nilly. The fact that all these other teams stayed away from Osuna and passed on even going after him. So you've got, you've got all this hearsay and information on one side. You've got all this other information on the other. Um, how difficult is this for you? Uh, well, I mean, you know, on, on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm paid to talk about baseball. So, I mean, I, I would prefer to be talking about baseball, uh, you know, 24-7 rather than these things. But yep. unfortunately, the, the lines blur between sports and, and real life, especially in 2018. So, uh, I mean, these things you know, come up. And when they come up, uh, you know, you have to be a little bit careful. And that's the thing. This is this is still a court process. And, yeah. You know, we we know very little very few details at this point and you know the, there's been a history with with Roberto Osuna and you know you start to, to have a little background over the years as you're around the uh, as you're around the team and you know this is a this is a guy that uh, you know 
quietly, uh, the organization was was worried about the way he kind of lived his life and, you know, what the, the things that he did in his spare time. I mean, you could never predict something like this, but, you know, just, just hearing things like that is a little bit of background. But, I mean, I, I just want, you know, to be to be not too quick to judge these situations and, and judge people. But, uh, you know, I mean, when charges, when these sort of, sort of allegations, you know, come out, I mean, there's no other way to, to look at them and, uh, you know, other than just, step back and, and look at them objectively and, uh, you know, really uh, try to try to parse through what that means from a baseball sense because what these guys do off the field um, affects their value on it. And what, and so we'll move on then from that um, to Josh Donaldson. What does it mean? He's been placed on the 60-day DL. It opens up a spot. Um, what does this mean for Donaldson? Uh, the 60-day DL move means nothing. It's uh, strictly a paperwork transaction. We mm-hmm. haven't seen Josh since, uh, you know, the end of May, so it's been well over 60 days already. So that just opens up a, a spot on the 40-man roster. But we're at the point now where, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get interesting and time's starting to tick on Josh Donaldson and the Blue Jays being able to uh, turn him into some sort of value and, and not have to go through a uh, qualifying offer situation in the offseason in order to, to regain a draft pick if they lose him. So uh, now you're, you're kind of just sitting and waiting. Um, the Blue Jays say that, that he's going to start sprinting this week in Dunedin. And, uh, you know, when you when you hear that, that means there's still a few more steps to go. I mean, he'll sprint, he'll, you know, progress through that, and then he has to run the bases, which is the exact point that he was at last time when he suffered a, a setback, uh, you know, about a month ago now. So um, there's still a, a few more hurdles for him to clear to get back on the field. And then once that happens, we can start talking about a potential waiver trade um, during the waiver trading period in August. So, um, you know, he's going to have to clear waivers when he's healthy. And then, you know, the Blue Jays will, will try to do that. And, you know, there's uh, all sorts of, of ways that can go if a team decides to put in a claim, um, you know, if a team decides to block, uh, things like that. There's, there's so many nuanced, uh, you know, ways that can go. But, uh, you know, the Blue Jays are, are simply just crossing their fingers right now and hoping he can get back on the field maybe a week, maybe 10 days, prove to other teams that, that he's healthy. And uh, when you look at it, I mean, you know, this guy could be, a, you know, kind of a game changer down the stretch if he's healthy because we all know he can carry a team when he's right, um, you know, health-wise and, and gets hot. So uh, it, it's going to be a real interesting situation to see if they can get him on the field in a timely fashion, get him, um, you know, probably producing a little bit and then try to work out a trade with, with somebody at the, you know, before August 31st. Joined by our Blue Jays reporter, Scott Mitchell. And yeah, I mean, 2015 MVP, 2016 fourth in MVP voting. Last year was fantastic when he was healthy in August and September. And this has been a lost season for the Jays and Josh Donaldson. Um, final question. We always love predictions. Trade deadline, 4 o'clock today. Odds that uh, Marcus Stroman, somehow a team makes a play for him. Well, I don't think they're good, but I mean, I also didn't think the odds of trading Roberto Osuna were very good either. So, uh, you know, I think the Blue Jays at this point with, with Marcus Stroman, the situation they're in is, is they'll listen, um, you know, as, as teams do on just about every player. I mean, if a, if a, if a player, if a, if a GM calls and, and, you know, offers you anything, I mean, you listen, but you, you have to be overwhelmed to trade Marcus Stroman because it's just really hard to find uh, pitching in this league and it's very hard to find controllable pitching and you know he's got two more years of team control and that you're going to have to be overwhelmed I, I really think uh, this winter um you know we're going to hear his name quite a bit because 
once you get into the winter, it's not just contenders looking at guys. It's, it's you know, teams like the San Diego Padres, the, the Atlanta Braves, who think their windows are, are opening and, you know, want to get out ahead of that. So, um, you know, I, I think the chances are slim. But, uh, you know, if some team comes with, with a prospect package that uh, Ross Atkins can't, uh, can't say no to, um, you know, I, I don't think he's untouchable by any means. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Um, a busy day uh, today, obviously, with the news of Osuna. Trade deadline, 4 o'clock. Uh, the court case for Osuna is going to happen tomorrow. Now that is Houston's problem, and it's no longer Toronto's. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem, man. Thanks, Take care. Scott Mitchell, TSN 1050, Blue Jays reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at ScottyMitchTSN. Uh, coming up, we get back to the other Big topic of the day, and that, of course, is Phil Kessel versus Gary Bettman. Who would be the worst MC at your wedding? This is inspired by Sound Wars. We will play that for you next right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back to TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today. Andy McNamara's got you from 1 to 4 on the Scott MacArthur Show. And by the way, Andy is on fire with his pro-line best bets. Apparently, he has five of his last six. And nobody watches more baseball than Andy. You can ask him anything in the next three hours about the NL Central. He has got you covered. So, may, like, listen, you know who changes and affects lines? Andy affects lines. He calls into Vegas, and he'll tell you right now, oh, the red shortstop, that guy's a little banged up. So you better take the Brewers. Andy McNamara, 1-4, to four, coming up. Oh, Andy, jump on the mic. How you doing, buddy? Matty, I got a hot Brewers take for you coming up live. Stay tuned. Ooh, that is rate, hot Brewers take. Rating spike. No one is, everyone is going to be listening in for the hot amazing. Milwaukee talk. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. TSN 1050, the home of all things NL Central. Um, can we play the Sound Wars, which is one of the best things we do here in the summer? It's the second year we've been doing it. Uh, it's basically, you get to vote. TSN 1050, click on Sound Wars, and you vote for your favorite pieces of sound over the year. This is done March Madness style, different conferences, different seeds. And the one that is just, it's just taken over, the, the non-Roberto Suna conversation, which... You know, you need to have a little bit of balance. Uh, here is Phil Kessel at his most excited and engaged, helping the Pittsburgh Penguins promote Star Wars Night. The Force is strong with the Penguins. Join us and fight the dark side when we battle the Islanders on December 7th during our special Star Wars theme night. Buy tickets you must. Visit PittsburghPenguins.com. May the Force be with you. That is a man who couldn't give two bleeps. So then it got us to think, wow, he would be a bad MC. Hey, everybody, this is uh, Steve and Tracy. And you know, the uh, bride side, they all look really nice. So I'm going to give them a round of applause. But then we're thinking, who would be a worse MC for your wedding? Would it be Phil Kessel or would it be Gary Bettman? And you can go to at TSN1050 to vote. That is the uh, other poll question today. Who would be the worst option? And not a shock, right now it is 73% of people are voting for Gary Bettman as the worst MC. One person threw in Kawhi Leonard. Listener Andy did. That is a good option. 
And then Todd writes in, Lou Lamarillo, if he was going to be my father-in-law. And Lou, uh, would you be scared, uh, uh, Joe Narsa, Steve Iliopoulos? Would you guys be scared if uh, Lou was your father-in-law? I would be okay with it. I like I have a relationship with you know TSN's GM Lou, who used to be on Leafs Lunch when he was working around the Maple Leafs. Are you name dropping? I am. But Lou, so no, no, okay. hold on, wait, hold on, wait. Not Lou Lamarillo, TSN 1050's GM Lou. So I oh, understand okay. how Lou Lamarillo operates. <coughs> I feel like it would be okay. However, mm. I would have to shave my beard. Yeah. And I would be forever afraid of asking him for a favor because I don't know what I would have to give back to that guy. Yeah, that that's a good answer, uh, Steve Iliopoulos. How about you? I don't know. Is he, is he like that in the personal life, too? Like I he... think so. I don't think you can be like that the whole time. No. I, I and, and one person, Todd, uh, who threw out that suggestion, said, my goatee would be gone. I would be sober. All the golden oldies playlist at the reception. Getting the stare every time I kiss his daughter. Not fun. Cousin Eddie writes in, both voices annoying. Lou Lamarillo's, uh, or excuse me, um, Gary Bettman's. Or Phil's, but at least Phil wouldn't lie to you the whole time. And I think that is part of it, is I feel that if Gary Bettman was the MC, I feel there would be a lot of lies. Like, we're going to be cutting the cake, and there'd be no cake. You know, there would be absolutely no cake whatsoever. Um, I think uh, uh, you, you were uh, tweeting in there, Joe, about uh, the hockey-related revenue. What's going on there that Gary would uh, get involved with? So Gary Bettman has said that the NHL would like a cut from any gambling. I assume this has to do with the America America changing uh, their legalized gambling law. So I asked, like, maybe he would want a cut of the wedding-related revenue if he emceed your wedding. I mean, he needs to continue to grow the pie, and, yep. and WRR is a big part of his, you know, occupation as being MCs in this fictitious world we live in. Yeah, and he would need the money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, like b- between courses, everyone from the main table they like go out and talk to people. I feel Gary would be sitting there by himself at the table, and he would not get up to talk to anyone, nor would anyone come to talk to him. He'd just be sitting there cutting his rubber, bad, overcooked chicken, just sitting, eating by himself. And poor Phil Pritchard has to be there polishing <laughs> things for no reason because be, Gary's there. There'd be Phil with his creepy with his creepy white gloves on, just just yeah, yeah absolutely shining all the uh, all the uh, silverware. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Who would be the one person in sports you would want to MC your wedding? If you could choose one person like I have somebody in mind, okay. who would you Think player, personality. I got it. I got it. And I'm going to go second, And I'm, but I'm going to already spoiler alert this answer. I have a better answer than you. Okay. So you go first, Joe. I would choose Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. Because JR is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think he would have the jokes that nobody wants to say at a wedding, yep. so it'd be a fun time. I was thinking JR. JR is a good one. I've yeah. got one that's better. And we'll, we'll keep this hockey-related. Because, um, you know, we're Canada. And I would uh, go with P.K. Subban. And here's the reason why. P.K. Subban, a year or so ago, he was one of the hosts for the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. That's one of the biggest comedy events of the year in North America. And he looked comfortable. And more than that, he looked like he belonged on the stage with the mic. He knew, you know, he was good with his time and with his jokes in terms of inflection, when to go up, when to go down. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with PK Subban. 
Steve Iliopoulos. And you notice I'm using your last name the correct and, way and all the time. I am nailing it. You're nailing it. Nailing it. What about better, um, by the way, better answer between me and Joe. I gotta go JR. Get out of here. Yeah. All right, what was your suggestion? Oh, Roberto Luongo. That'd be pretty funny. Luongo would be good, but I feel, you know, it, it, I'm, okay, I'm going to say this right now. This is a hot take. Luongo is not as funny on Twitter as we think, but it's because athletes are so not funny that whenever anyone actually tells a joke, a B-level joke from an athlete feels like an A+. There's still some funny stuff he does, but I feel we give him too much credit because there's not a lot of other athletes out there doing what he does. Fair or unfair? I think it's fair, especially because Roberto Luongo is a quiet guy. So when you get, it's like when that one kid in class cracks a joke, you haven't heard him talk in six months. You're like, yeah. oh, that was amazing. I think that's what you feel like with Luongo because yeah. he was always out of the limelight. And although he was always a star goalie, you kind of never knew much about him, and now you get a look into him. So I think that's a good point. It's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's my thoughts on uh, on Luongo. You know, one thing I realized. Like, think about some of the topics that were going to be part of today's show that just got that just got wiped away. And the number one is what's going on at four o'clock today, and it's not the trade deadline. It's the Buffalo Bisons. They're opening up the stadium, Coca-Cola Field. They're opening it up a little bit earlier today so that fans can go and watch Vlad Guerrero Jr. To go watch him play. He is one step closer to the Blue Jays. That was going to be this big topic today, and it got totally buried by Roberto Osuna being traded to the Houston Astros. I mean, that's a big deal, what's going on tonight. Uh, I feel the QEW, which always stinks, I feel QEW West, like right now there are people around Ford Drive, Burloke, uh, you know, and they're just miserable because I think traffic is going to be more choked up. I think it's going to be a sellout at tonight's game. I would imagine. I mean, and the GM uh, or the manager of the Buffalo Bison were talking a couple days ago, and he was saying they've never had a player this special yeah. play for them in AAA, and they've had some great players roll through Buffalo when they were Cleveland's uh, minor league franchise. But Vladdy Guerrero Jr. on most people's charts is the number one prospect in baseball. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing to see what he can do. And just like his dad, he can hit anything out of the park, which is so incredible. And we want to see just how healthy is he? Because you know, I, I think they were they were babying him with that injury, which you know, obviously the right move. Um, but that, I mean, that to me feels like that's the biggest story for tomorrow. Because I don't think anything's going to happen in the trade deadline. You know, Chris Archer maybe gets moved. I don't think Stroman gets moved. If Granderson, if if Curtis Granderson gets traded, it has zero impact on the city of Toronto beyond the fact he's a very nice fella. But tomorrow feels like the big story is is Vlad Guerrero Jr. And whatever he does tonight, and how close are we to having Vlad actually being called up with the big squad? Do you think this game in Buffalo will, could impact the Blue Jays' mentality to bring him bringing him up based on how fans react to him being there and the fact that, to be honest with you, I couldn't name you like five Blue Jays outside of the guys that I already know on the roster? Oh, yeah. Um... It has to have some impact on the bottom line. Like they have to be. I mean, in terms of money wise, you're. He's the one thing that'll represent buzz. And listen, the Blue Jays today. I think my sense of it is more people are happy versus unhappy that Osuna's been traded. I threw a, a poll question at MCOS fifty six. Are you happy the Jays have traded Osuna? Sixty two percent have said yes. Uh, about five hundred votes so far. 
And I think this was the best move that Atkins and Shapiro have done. I think this was an important move. Um, Yes, winning is the most important thing for any franchise, but your relationship with the fan base is also critical. And this is not me going PC, because some people are going, oh, cause you're going all politically correct. It's not about that. Um, It's just, it's about your fan base. I think the fan base is happy. So I think they can live off this for a little while, but that's the next thing, isn't? It? I mean, that's the next thing for the Jays is when are you bringing up Vlad Guerrero Jr.? That's the next move. Kessel twenty twenty six percent, Bettman seventy four. So I, I think it's pretty much a runaway that. And we'll revisit this tomorrow. Gary Bettman, far worse option as your wedding MC, and we'll have a special guest. Interview tomorrow from a Canada legend. Yes, that that is correct. Canadian legend will be part of the show tomorrow. Broadcasting legend next. Gambling legend next. Andy McNamara in for Scott MacArthur. It's the Scott MacArthur Show coming up next right here on TSN 1050. Everyone have a fantastic day. I'm Matthew Cause. You've been listening to Toronto Today.